Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. My name is Melissa Wallace, and I am joined in studio by the one and only Jasmine Glasgow. Hello. Hi. I was going to say my team member. I feel like you're my team member. It feels that way. Yeah. We've been working together long enough. Yeah. Um, Sharon is here. Say hello, Sharon. Just give us a holler. 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 Um, Sharon and I were not going to be on the show tonight. We actually have a meeting here in Pembroke, so we called Jasmine and asked her if she wanted to host the show tonight. Here we are. Um, we're sort of here. So I am going to take a step back because this is Jasmine's show, and I will introduce the other two people who will be on the show with her as well. Uh, we have, we're all in different places, so this is, this is going to be a wild one. It's a good metaphor for life. Yeah we're, yeah, we're all in different places in life and physically. We are in three different buildings. So, Colin Brennan is at the WATD studio. Hello, Colin. Good evening. Good evening. And then we have George Post, who is... Are you home, George? I don't know if we can hear him, but we'll figure it out. George seems to be home, uh, and we're going to get his audio up, too. But um, Jasmine Glasgow, you, I feel like, listen to our show all the time. You call into the show. You help us with all of our clients. You help us personally. I you are our IT. You are on our team. Um, so, Jasmine Glasgow, you are the broker and co-owner of Maritime Mortgage. Yes. Colin yes. and I are, are the co-owners of Maritime. Yeah. We have been infiltrating Boston. Boston Connect now for just <laughs> almost a decade, it feels like. <laughs> and when Sharon called and she was like, can you step in maybe? And I was like, oh, we're going to get into some trouble. You guys are yeah. happy here. We're going to have some conversation yeah. today. And we we are going to give you the show. But like I said, we, we weren't going to be here. And uh, and but we're we're just gonna start off the show and give give the reins to you. So it's it's gonna be the yeah, Maritime Mortgage show tonight. So I hope you like that. Oh, I love it. All right. So uh, I guess maybe I'll just give it to you because you know you we we sort of sprung it on you yesterday. Uh, you gracefully agreed to uh, do it, and you actually came up with the topic. We essentially have done nothing for this show. 
Well, so that makes two of us. <laughs> um, I made up No, topic. don't say that. Uh, no, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. So we're we're going to cover today a lot of the mortgage side of things. So yeah. we're going to talk about the stri- well, we as in most of maritime is go- we're going to be covering how to, you know, create a strategy from the savings to a strategic closing how do you end up mm-hmm. as a home dreamer to a home buyer mm-hmm. to a successful homeowner that's what we're going to be covering while you're not here you should yeah. have an interesting listen back i know i i am going to take a step back but i have been very vocal about my purchase journey um on this show so everybody knows that i am pre-approved by Jasmine and her team over at Maritime Mortgage. And I, I am one of those uh, buyers out there that is uh, searching for their uh, right now home. Not, I'm not, not searching. I'm not searching for my forever home. I'm, I'm searching for my right now, my first home. Um, but I am uh, working with Maritime Mortgage, so we would uh, obviously have you guys on and, and back you guys because, you know, that's what we do. It's a proven track record, It's though. a proven We've track record. We've been closing together for a very long time, yeah. very successfully. And, you know, kicking this off a little bit you put into perspective a a great point you're not looking for your forever home as your first purchase and that's so key today so many people are are looking for that first home and they're like i want my forever home right now yeah it might not come up it's it's it is a tough market in general. Is it? It's a is little it? tough. It's a, it's known to be a little tough. But putting in putting yourself into the shoes of this doesn't have to be always. Yeah, is is huge. It's a big tip we give to first time home buyers. You know, yeah, it doesn't have to be the marble floor of the first home. Yeah, and I will sort of. Um, I am going to give you the floor in a second. Um, <laughs> but I will sort of uh, give my little journey in the beginning, like I've said on this show before. So reminding all of our listeners, you know, I was. I, and this has to do with your topic tonight. So it's saving, it's shopping, it's it's all that stuff. I I remember having, like, I didn't even, when I grew up, I didn't dream about owning a home because I just didn't think that it was possible, possible for me. Um, and then I, you know, became an adult and, and I was saving and saving, but I didn't know what I was saving for, right. you know, and p- trying to pay off debt and all that stuff. And then, you know, it was only maybe two years ago where I was like, oh, you know what, maybe I could buy a house. And I remember even going into my conversation with you and meeting with you and being like, listen, I, I don't even know if it's a path that like I'm even near, if I can even see it, nothing. But having the conversation with you and sort of coming up with strategies where, you know, it made sense where I was comfortable as a buyer financially, you know, because I'm doing this on my own, you know, where where I was sort of at. And I remember you just being like, no, you're you're there. You're like, you're you're there. You only told me six times <laughs> that you couldn't buy. Yeah. You're like, I, I know I can't buy it. I know, I I buy. know this is a waste of your time. Yeah. I know I can't buy it. I was like, no, yes. let's look at the numbers. Let the numbers tell us. And then let's back into your comfort zone. And you were yeah. there. And I remember leaving your office after two plus hours being like, oh, now I have to buy something. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, I'm there. Well, and, and Jasmine can probably attest to this too. It's it's never na- no, it's just not now. It's, yeah. If not now, when? And that's the, the creating that strategy is yeah. really key. It was, it was just so important for me to even start the conversation where, it, like, it just, A, at, in the beginning, it was just never a dream, and then B, when I realized that it could possibly be a dream, to have that, you know, and to have Jasmine, and I, I won't use you as a that, you you are you, and to have Jasmine I be like, be have Jasmine be like, no, you're there, like, just having that backing, what I was like, oh, oh, I am there. That's what I've been working so hard for. Right. And like Colin said, sometimes he'll say, I'll say, George will say, 
not right now. Yeah. But in $20,000, yeah. but in two years, yeah. but in whatever it is, yeah. like, you know, that gets you to that point, it can happen. Yeah. So uh, just, just letting everybody know, it's just important to start the conversation. No matter where you're at in your journey, even if you're starting it, you're before it, you feel like you're in the middle of it, just start the conversation with the Maritime Mortgage Team. Okay. Thank you. For and I'm going to pass the show over to you guys. Okay. okay? Get on out of here, Get guys. We're going to create some mayhem. <laughs> you can't be witness to it. I just want to make sure, George, can you hear us? George Post, can you hear us? We can, but we can't hear him still, so I don't know what's going on there. He's going to have to call into the studio, 781-837-4900. Okay, so you can just put that on speakerphone. And um, I just want to let anybody know who is in Pembroke, uh, the master plan uh, public forum is tonight. So if you want to make a difference in your town and what the future of it looks like, make sure you meet me over at the cafeteria at the high school. Ciao. Ciao. And Jasmine, thank you so much for always being there for us. We love you. Yeah. Anytime. Except five minutes late of whatever that time is. Okay, so we're going to get George Post on the line. But for now, I've got my co-owner of Maritime with me, Colin Brennan. Um, now, Colin doesn't infiltrate Boston Connect as often as I do. He doesn't call in on the Tuesday. But he is an often frequent flyer on Saturday, and he has been doing this for quite some time. So I first want to kick it off, Colin. First-time homebuyers, what is – give me, like, two or three pointers – easy things that people can start today for buying a home okay sure first thing breathe deep <laughs> no, um, but you kind of already you, you hit some great points even just in your introduction there I think you know it's all about planning strate strategic you know planning if it's not now figure out an action plan some people say oh you know what I don't know when I'll be ready well, make a plan. Maybe it's a six-month plan, a 12-month plan. That's okay. You can get, you know, your, your finances started and put together and kind of look at some scenarios of what realistic monthly payments, realistic total acquisition costs look like for different price point homes. That might really ground folks to, to, to realize it's not that intimidating and scary, and it's, you know, just something you haven't done before. But like many things in life, you know, just uh, you got to come into it and trust the people that you're working with. I think that's really a, an ultimate key to this. Oh, that's huge right there. Trust is super important. And in establishing it on your first transaction can be really hard, too. You, you'll hear a lot, of, a lot of different advice from different people and your parents who purchased, you know, forever ago or you who purchased like 15 years ago and your memory of that. You know, it's really, it's really hard to drone out the noise, but a deep breath and building a team that you can surround yourself with, you can trust, you can reach out to on the weekends, you know, the, that person who's going to be there. Um, throughout the whole time. It's so, so important there. Now, you said make a plan. How important do you feel like planning and budgeting is to buying a home? I mean, it's just probably my personality type, but I do like to, <laughs> to be planned and prepared. Um, I've planned my whole life but in, in reverse, so, uh, and hoping to hit those goals. And you know what? What does that you, mean? Hold on, back that up. You yeah, so I, the, it, this was pretty cool. I, I uh, Actually, Jasmine, you were at this conference in Las Vegas a few years ago, Darren Hardy. The compound oh, effect, so really smart guy, but he basically said, look at your funeral and what they're reading at your eulogy and how do you want them to talk about you? And then just start working backwards from there and figure, okay, if this is what I want to achieve, what steps do I have to kind of start taking now? Real estate and, and non-real estate, but the biggest thing is real estate is, it, it affects everything. It's your largest asset for most people. It's oftentimes your largest tax deductions. You know, I'm not a tax preparer, but you can certainly consult your CPA for that. So, you know, it all kind of, in my opinion, it all revolves around real estate in 2023 or, or in, this, in this 
decade for sure. Uh, and the folks who do and the folks who don't have real estate, the gap in wealth is just dramatically growing. So, I mean, if, if you talk about a level of importance, I don't, I don't know if I know anything more important for, for folks, you know, who are trying to build their financial portfolio and their financial life. You know, this is step one. It should be for, for almost everyone. Stop paying rent. You know, your landlord, your landlord's mortgage is who you're paying. And guess what? Interest on uh, uh, rent is a 100% interest rate. So, you know, that's how I kind of look at it. Absolutely. George Poster, are, do we have you online? You sure do. Okay. Yay. So, hey, George, I want to ask you. So, so Colin's big into visualizing, Jeremy, and I find that super important. But what would be something that you would tell a first-time home buyer? Give me, give me a, a little bit of advice. Who, you know, who do you turn to? What do you do? What's that first step? Yeah, and, and I think the reach out, well, reach out to your local professional, whether it's supposed to Boston Connect or other mortgage lenders. It is really to be a sponge because this really is, yes, it's an important investment, but it is the biggest purchase you may or currently or forever have. I mean, this is a big ticket and there's no need to rush into anything, right? So I advise first-time home buyers or soon-to-be first-time home buyers to truly, truly be a sponge and get as much information. I mean, <laughs> with ChatGPT, I mean, be careful what you read, and that's why I trust local professionals. But learn as much as you can. Read books. Listen to podcasts. Um, and you're never going to be 100% ready. But the more informed you are about the whole process, where you are specifically in your own circumstance, and where you need to get to, I mean, it's just so crucial. So it's more of a um, information gathering stage. I, I can't preach that enough. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my two cents. George, you probably also say buy a multi, if I know you <laughs> as well, right? George Post, the multi-man. Multi-family homes. Yeah, I, and, and I think they are, they're a great, um, and, you know, and there's some first-time homebuyer programs to get into them, um, and it is a good first step, and it, it, it's, it lessens the load on the monthly payment for sure, uh, especially if you can bring in some rental income on top of your traditional mortgage payment. So yeah, owner occupying a multifamily right off the bat. Um, and also, the, which is becoming ever so popular right now, is the multi-generational living with the in-laws. Um, we've seen, uh, just with the crunch and, and the housing expense and inventory, we've seen not just you know mom and dad coming together with the, the kids, but brother and sister buying together um, just because it makes financial sense compared to, hey, you're paying 2200 in rent, I'm paying 2200 in rent, can we make this work with a single family? It, it's, people are getting creative, uh, which uh, I'd certainly applaud. And the rules are relaxing around that, too. So there are new guidelines that will allow you to use some of that border or rental income if you have a history of, of collecting rent from roommates. So you gotta you got to really look into the programs. you got to figure out what's going to not only make it work, but make it comfortable for you. So really good. I mean, we preach it all the time. If, if you've worked with Maritime or if you know someone who has, we're huge into, into education. We're family first in education because we truly believe that that is what makes a successful homeowner. We're not really focused on making home buyers. We're making homeowners. And the difference there is longevity. We want 
multi-generational wealth for you and your family and it starts in that first home and like colin said it's oftentimes the biggest asset it's some people's retirement plans they'll get into the older ages do a reverse mortgage and and then have no payment quote unquote you know into their later years and that's an option you only have if you have that asset so some really good pointers now we are going to segue unless either of you guys have something to add into strategic savings can we go? I like it. Okay. So it. one piece of advice I always give people is it's not just it's not just figure out what you need to save, you know. We we give an estimate number, you know, if you're trying to if you're trying to create that that big goal, you know, maybe save $8,000 for every 100,000 you want to spend, right? Just figure out a number and start saving towards it. That's great, visualize it and whatnot. But what about the practicality sense? And I, I feel like that first conversation, figuring out an estimated mortgage payment, something to target to go for, everyone wants a $1,500 mortgage payment. We know, we get it, we understand. Those are fewer and far, you know, further between when taxes might eat up five or $600 of that mortgage payment. Your insurance might be another $100, $200. So we're getting further away from that lovely $1,500 payment I feel like everyone was setting their eyes to in 2013, right? So figuring out what that payment might truly be for you and then saving towards it. So. I'll give an example. I had a client come into my office last week. They're going to have a $3,200 mortgage payment. That is what's going to fit the type of property that they want to buy. They currently spend $2,500 a month in rent. And they're doing a really good job at saving. They're very comfortable spending an additional you know, $1,000 a month. And, and they're going to be fine with that. They're saving right now enough to make that happen. But they've never had rent this high. $2,500 is the highest it's ever been. They just had a, the rent hike. They didn't love it. And so they've never, they've never spent 30. They've never lived at $3,200. So they, they have a lease until October. So what we're doing is every month on the first they're going to put that difference they're going to continue saving the way they've been saving but they're going to put that difference into an account on the first of every month so you're they're going to take seven hundred dollars put into a savings account on july 1st on august 1st and on september 1st and they're going to have before they leave this lease they're going to have three months of practice payments they're also going to save over two thousand dollars just doing that but they're going to feel what it feels like to put that additional money away and continue living the life like they always have and i love the practice payment especially when you're living with your parents and you're about to buy a first home and you've never done it not only are you going to save a couple grand every month but you're going to feel what it feels like on the last couple of days in the month when you're about to have rent due again. Do you have to tap into that savings account? Because if you do, that payment's too high. So we're kind, of, we're kind of doing a couple things at the same time. Now, do you guys have any strategic savings advice? Did, did you uh, trademark that, the, the practice payment? Because if you haven't, <laughs> I think you should. And it, it is quite brilliant. And I know Colin and Jasmine uh, preached that before joining the company because it's, it's such a brilliant idea and it, it really is two-pronged, right? You are practicing the payment, but then there's that positive externality of, okay, well, now there's extra money, especially when you're living at home or you've got a shorter housing expense with rent. Well, now you're adding to that savings bucket. So that's just brilliant advice, uh, just a win-win to go about it. And like you mentioned, at the end of the month, you know, how are things looking? Do you need to dip into that a bit more for what you're saving? And 
I'll segue into, with the practice payment and what's left over at the end of the month, uh, our reserves. And that, that everyone looks at, you know, hey, time to get a house, right? What's down payment? What are my closing costs? And reserves are just so crucial when we talk about, um, Jazz mentioned on longevity and holding on to properties. And because real estate really treats you well when you treat the real estate well over the long spectrum. And you can only get there when you've got that, that safety net. Um, do you guys have any advice on estimated uh, you know, based on per monthly payment, what's a good reserve number to have? Um, wh- what do you guys think? I mean, I think most most economists would would say you know at least saying having six months of of mortgage payments on ice is a, is a a healthy thing. And I think also if depending on how many properties you have, that could exponentially be more as well. So, um, but but I, it's all kind of boils down to budgeting and i love it with jasmine i think uh, my wife would use hashtag adulting for this as well (laughs) if you run out of money well maybe you've got too much of a a bar bill going on that month maybe you need to grow up a little bit maybe no more takeout on a saturday night spending two hundred dollars maybe cook a little more um but you know those are all important components of your your household budget anyway so um yeah what do you think jasmine how much is how much is enough well when i'm starting off with someone i like to aim $6,000 $6,000 per 100000 that you're going to buy just to start off for savings because that should leave you with the minimum down payment, some closing costs, and then at least three months reserves if we're shopping the five to, to or sorry, 40, $450,000 to $750,000 range. It goes up or down like when you get above that and we always alter. But that's where I like to start. I think three months in this economy is practical. I think a year is the goal. And I think three months is a little bit more practical for for cash reserves, for get to it quick money. So you're not taking a loan against your retirement. You're not, you know, cashing in CDs. You're not, you know, moving around your investments two months too much. Um, You're just having quick access to cash. I like at least three months, Um, but it's it's harder. It's harder today. Everything's a little bit more expensive. So coming down to the bar bill, budgeting would be my next thing about strategic savings. Um, George was just talking about how he had, what, three or four extra cable boxes in your house? Wild. Yeah, <laughs> when you start you start doing the uh, the subscription audit, right? You know, the Amazons, and you start adding it up, and you go, how is, how is that Comcast $340, right? Well, you're paying a, a leasing fee on co- um, cable boxes and the router, and, uh, yeah, there's ways to get around it. Yeah, and knowing where you stand first is is probably the most important cornerstone. You cannot know where you're going if you don't know where you're coming from, right? You have to understand where's your money going? How much are you making? I have people all the time that don't know their salaries. They do not know their salaries because they just know the, the check that gets deposited. I said, have you checked to make sure that you don't have any other withdrawals? I don't even get pay stubs. I, I had one person who looked at their pay stub and realized that they had child support, which with a court that or, a court order that ended years ago, still being withdraw, withdrawn from their pay stub. So where's wow. that money going? And Massachusetts just hanging out. Dor, he he's a, he was a ma- fine mass money guy with thousands of dollars of child support that had been garnished from his wages for a long time. So if you don't know what's coming in and you don't know what's going out, how can you make a plan? Colin, any thoughts on that? I know you're a big budget guy. Uh, like 
every month I treat my own household finances like a business. I run an operating expense sheet, and if I'm in profit, if I'm in the green, if I'm in the black or in the red each month, um, it might be a little overkill. But I, I think that is paramount. And just to circle back too to your your client who wanted a $3,200 mortgage, I mean, two years ago that was probably even a little bit more obtainable. But in 2023, not even where talking to interest rates, just talking values of homes because of inventory shortage i mean that could be anywhere that could be as as much as you know four hundred fifty thousand dollar house five hundred thousand dollar house may have a payments you know with a low down payment option in that range what about the south shore where we are all all roughly now i don't even know if there is a house for five hundred thousand uh, in pembroke marshfield situate uh, area um but are those the type of properties people should be should be jumping on because they're opportunities yeah, and that's that's the next thing. How do you make a strategy for an oppor- for opportunity in this market? How do you make your own opportunity? Now, you guys probably know where I'm going to go with this, but if you are making an opportunity in this market, what would you tell people? What would you, where would you tell them to start? Um, well, I mean, right now, I think there's there's good value in properties this moment that are coming on that uh, you know need a little love TLC but you know I tell people when I look at houses or people ask me for their opinion give me the shag rug give me the formica and the pink there tile it give it to me I want that or my you personal had that. I and I love it because you know why everything can go away and you can put anything you want in its place and you just saved a bunch of money and built sweat equity um but I think also right now I mean that's 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 so paramount because anything that's finished and turnkey Society is just lazier than it was 10 years ago. People don't want to mow their lawn or they don't want to do yard work and they don't want to do housework. George is DIY mortgage guy. That's his hashtag. And let me tell you, this guy will build anything. Um, and I bet you he's built a ton of sweat equity from, from doing it yourself, looking it up. Now, granted, maybe to stay away from electricity and the plumbing, but you know, there's a lot of things that common homeowners can do. And carpets, those are my favorite because everyone, oh, it has carpets. And I say, guys, those roll up in about 15 minutes. And underneath is this beautiful subfloor that you can fire in tile, Sometimes hardwood. hardwood. Yeah, you wanna, if you want to remove 2,000 square feet of tile, good luck. You're going to need, what, how many 30-yard dumpsters will you need alone for that, right? So, you like know, pe- people... Like one-eighth of one, but well, it's a lot of labor. People miss, <laughs> people miss the opportunity of, of, you know, old and dated, but good bones. You can't change location either, right? Oh, huge. That's exactly where I was going, and I knew the DIY mortgage guy was going to lean right into that, too, <laughs> but find the distressed properties. They're going to be properties that need a lo- little love. A lot of people, and it's not even quite so much laziness. Life gets crazy and busy, and you end up with a bunch of kids crawling up your arms, and you're trying to swing a hammer on said arms. It gets tough, you know, and at some point, you just need to move on to that next that next project, that next thing. And of course, you know, you're getting into bidding wars on, on properties that need a little bit of, of love. That can That can get a bit much, but Maybe look at that property that's been on the market a little bit longer. How about your aunt that has been wanting to sell for the longest time but just can't get that checklist done that their agent gave them? And what about that that house that your neighbor a few few doors down? You know that they're moving on to assisted living, but no one's had the conversation with them. Um, you know, there there could you could see the coming soon size get in there early. But if you're willing to either do the work yourself, which is great, or go through what it takes to get the renovation loan done. It doesn't even have to be your own sweat. 
it doesn't <laughs> have to it can just be your equity you can you can roll this in it doesn't have to be cash and so if you if you've got the vision and the patience um, a lot of people are you know a lot of people get confused about the renovation loans and just to give you a quick overview I'm going to take just the home style loan because it's 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 my favorite of, of all of them um, but if you're buying a house for two hundred thousand, it needs a hundred thousand dollars of work. If you're having a three percent down payment loan, that three percent goes off that three hundred thousand. You're going to need a nine thousand dollar down payment for it. But that hundred thousand dollars is going into an escrow account for repairs, and it's done on a draw schedule. And you know the work that's going to get done before closing. You have the budget, and you have everything detailed out. The appraisal is going to take those plans and specs and the property as it stands. They're going to create a value for once the work is done. So it's right there at your fingertips. It's not as if you're rolling the dice. We're not going to we're not going to lend on something that's not going to be worth it when the work is done. So you've got to you know keep that stuff in mind. You can't go super crazy on things that aren't going to add value if the value isn't going to be there. But it's not all bad. It's not all scary. It's sometimes just getting an understanding of it. And every client that we've helped with a renovation or construction loan, every single one of them has had, even with a difficult construction experience, has had a good look back. You know, people don't look, you know, look back and go, oh, man, I wish I didn't do that. Look at me in my dreamy house now. You know, yeah, it took six months, but Ah oh, man, I wouldn't go back and do that because they might have had that $200,000 purchase, that $100,000 budget, but they're not sitting in a $300,000 house. They're hit, sitting in a $500,000, dollars $700,000 house now. So finding that opportunity and being willing to work it is very, really, really important. Yeah. And George, you, you, you're the multi guy here. You can all probably comment on this if you'd like to. Just you can do these renovation loans on multifamilies as well, right? hundred percent. And and I'd like to touch too on, um, well, sorry to go back a couple pieces, uh, going back to Formica because the, <laughs> the, the real, um, just, you know, just atrocity is, is that it looked really good in 1972. And if you don't touch it, it's going to still look good in 2052. Cause it's just, you know, uh, abominable stuff. Uh, but yes, that that is a, a easy fix to, to freshen something up. But yeah, uh, renovation loans on multifamilies, uh, particularly when it's when it's an owner occupied, obviously get better terms. But uh, there, there's a, a a loan program for for most everything. And then if you guys want to touch too, because I know it is a competitive market, right? And, and I really like the idea of something that is has the value add, right? Uh, built in '82 and it hasn't been renovated since, right? So you have some options to close because there there are some moving parts to a renovation loan. It doesn't mean you cannot close with a traditional way, get in, get your foot in the door, maybe start DIYing it a little bit and then do a renovation loan, right? What what are the timelines on that? Because people think, okay, this thing needs rehab. I need to do it right now. And the seller says, well, I need to close in 20 days, right? So let's talk on timelines on to do a renovation loan. Do you need to do it right away? Oh, absolutely not. So you could absolutely refinance later down the line. And that's a good point. A lot of people are like, okay, lease out of pocket on this first one. Some some people are even taking a little bit higher interest rates to get lender credits to cover help cover the closing costs. And they're refinancing into a renovation loan once they know exactly what needs to be done. Now, we have to always balance 
paying closing costs twice, right? We, we never really want to kind of throw you towards that, especially because usually in renovation loans, it might mean a third refinance down the line. Like you might refi to lower the payment. There's just too many closing costs and we don't want that for you. So we always have to balance it, but there are lots of strategies around that and you can own the home and then get the renovation loan. I actually prefer people do it on a refinance than a purchase because until you live in a property you almost don't know that mm -hmm. that you know the sunlight's coming over from the west is is probably the best part you know put you know point to put the skylight you know until mm. you're you're in it you you don't know that you really do need a wraparound deck you know you need it uh, so i prefer the the refinance side but it is a balance on closing costs so if you guys want to hold real quickly just a quick reminder you guys are listening to talk real estate roundtable we are Maritime Mortgage taking over for Boston Connect today. And if you have questions, we're talking strategies and successful closing. Um, we're kind of still in the strategies uh, part of this conversation. But if you want to join in, we are reading the comments on Facebook. Hi, ladies who have commented. Um, but you can also call into the studio at 781-837-4900. Again, 781-837. 374900. Okay, we can continue on the talk. I just wanted to abbreviate there. Oh, absolutely. And and Jasmine, I'd love to throw in a real estate hack for folks Ooh, now yes. too in regards to renovation loans. Title 5. Dun dun dun. Ooh. How many properties have you heard will not pass septic, will not failing Title Investors 5? Investors only. Yeah. And surprise, you can do the Title V as part of the renovation loan. So, you know, you can have your cake and eat it, too. And I bet you if they had put the septic in, they probably would have charged more money, you know, in, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, look for those properties that are, say, failing Title V, cash only, foreclosures. You know what I mean? Like, look for properties that, that maybe others aren't and just look at it creatively. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the septic... It's always one of those things like uh, we just had a deal where the sellers didn't even test the septic. They just just didn't. They were like buyer's responsibility. We just we have no idea. And then it passed. It passed. We we closed and then it and it passed. So we had a we had a holdback, a buyer funded holdback, um, for the lending purposes. There's a million ways around these, um, and then it didn't even need it. Money got the buyers got their their, their seller back. And if the, if the um, sellers had just done the test, they probably could have sold it for more because we got under. It was probably the only closing we've done in the last few months that was under list price. I feel like, I don't know about you, Colin, um, but I know George and I have been seeing a ton of over list price per, uh, purchases. So if you can get in there and you can build that equity versus paying excess into someone else's equity, I mean, that sounds nice to me. Yeah, and, and as far as the pulse of the market, very spot on. I think it keeps ebbing and flowing still, but um, I'd say nine out of 10 homes are selling above the, their list price. The ones that aren't are probably not priced right to begin with. Um, or maybe they had, you know, a deal fall through for some reason or another. Um, but, but yeah, it's still, it's still very competitive, although it's great to see some inventory opening up. I think that probably accredits to a lot of people having offers accepted in the last couple of weeks. Um, there's just been a little bit more inventory, which has helped. You know, if only four people are fighting for a house instead of 18, it sure, sure helps get your chances of, of getting that house, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, so we've talked on saving some strategic ways to kind of get around it. Uh, we've talked a little bit about finding opportunity. Let's talk about gift funds. So this is something we're getting asked probably every day. But 
I wanted to highlight that you can use wedding funds. It is the season, right? The bells are in the air. Uh, one of Boston Connect's couples is getting married this Saturday. Shout out to Sam and Mary. Um, and people are wondering, okay, we're about to get an influx of cash. How do we do it? Now, Colin, George, one of you want to take it? Well, I want to ask a, a roundtable survey here. M- marriage or house, which came first for you guys? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, George? Same house, then the dog, then the wedding. <laughs> I don't remember. They're around the same time, but it, but the the premise was there. What's yeah. a financial priority? You know, it, all marriage takes is two people and a, and a, you know some justice of peace in some and format. You don't need you to had spend three the, weddings, didn't you? Uh, two, it? two, but um, but same person. Same person. Um, but the that is a huge thing you know if you're if you're being endowed with lots of funds from your parents maybe just have that conversation saying hey you know as much as we want to use this to the wedding longer term setting us up so that we stay married and happy is have good financial health i think that's you know the number one reason why marriages don't work out um so having good financial stability is like a bedrock foundation so um we're gonna i'm gonna get right in here you guys have got if you're going to buy a house together, engaged, married, you have got to show each other your finances because you're both going to put them on the loan application if you're both going on there. And it is super awkward for me to be in the middle of the first time that you guys have ever shown each other your finances. <laughs> you don't want me in the middle there. I'm like, oh, well, we got to get rid of this, Bill. I'm like, what do you mean? What car loan? But what do you mean I remember loan? those car. I remember this, that one. Just, don't you know don't, tell, don't tell him about that or don't tell her about that. Wait, wait a second here. You guys know that you're buying a you know half a million dollar investment together you may want to like you know just have a quick convo first about where you guys are my goodness but you got to get on the same page and you can absolutely use those wedding funds now a lot of the wedding sites use oh uh we just heard a bell i think that means we're at the last 10 minutes um a lot of the wedding sites like zola um will will add all the funds together and give you one submission and it's actually really easy to use that and document because we're looking for large deposits anything over 50 percent of of your gross earnings or anything that is unusual to underwriting is going to be flagged for anti-money laundering purposes so that gift would have to be typically documented with a gift letter and a transfer we have to see accounts and stuff for wedding funds if you've just got a surplus of cash i've used people's wedding invitations and some really lovely photos through underwriting so it's absolutely possible and highly advised that if you are um you know you're tying the knot and you have family and friends put it out there add that house fund to your zola wedding website it's a great way yeah to you, get how many crock pots do you need instead let them know hey guys as part of this we're trying to buy a house right you only need four crock pots <laughs> four different sizes but that's brilliant jasmine because it really does speak to common sense lending right a couple coming together, a household formation, receiving funds as a part of the, the marital ceremony to start on their journey, right? So it only makes sense they should be able to use those funds to then purchase their house, right? So that, that's beautiful to see some changes there. Absolutely. And then while we're on the topic of large deposits, let's move on to strategic, historic, successful closings. You should know that we are going to be looking when you 
applying for mortgage, we're going to be looking back a couple months into your bank statements and throughout the time as you're shopping for a home. But by the time we get to underwriting, and I'm talking about we as in the broker, I'm not speaking for any other bank. By the time we get to underwriting, we're going to look for one or two months into the past. So if we're talking now, I might be looking at April and May. Um, but then if you find that house in September, I'm really going to be focused on July and August. So be very cognizant that you've got eyes on your on your bank account. And it is strictly for anti-money laundering purposes. We do not care where you spend your money you know we we're, that's not what we're looking for but we are looking for large deposits so if you do a lot of transferring between accounts now's the time to stop okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to show us that next account so it you know before you apply sometimes people will gather all their money get into one account and just leave it and let that be the house account so it's never a bad idea if you're starting to put the thought you know thought around you're kind of kicking around get all your savings into one savings account and just leave it there Leave it. Don't take money, but, you know, savings checking, savings checking. And if you are putting money in your savings and you're having to take it back out of your checking, you might be putting too much into your savings. So a budget, again, goes a really long way to, to planning. And when well, we're during that process, I tell you, the, our, our favorite game, we, we call ourselves forensic accountants half the time because it's chase the money. It's, I transferred it to here, to transfer it to here. Oh, my, my mom gave it to me. I gave it back to her and did this and did that. That creates just... Uh, a lot of headache and uh, and unnecessary so sim simplicity you know is is definitely uh is definitely best especially if you're in a tight timeline some of these contracts coming together now what are they guys anywhere from two weeks yeah 12 days to, to 21 days from purchase and sale to closing so there's not a lot of time to say i'll just wait for the next statement it's a little more clear so you know good communication this is part of that centraling back to the team right uh, you really need to, to have an awesome you know, financial person, you have real estate people that are in your pocket that you can trust, that you know will be looking out for you in every possible way, shape, and form. Folks like Boston Connect who are just going above and beyond for their clients, you need to have good insurance. You need to have a good attorney. These are all components of this winning team. Oh, yeah, and all things we can help connect you with, too. Guys, don't forget, Maritime Mortgage, we're, we're a broker, but we have zero affiliates. We work with people we like who do really good work for our clients, and that's everything. You have to be family-focused. You have to be relationship driven to be to be in this for a very long time and those are the people we seek out those are the people we work with that's why we that's why we just hijacked a show from from Boston Connect we love working with them we have no problem promoting them they're great and so you really have to be able to work with people that you can trust are going to show up and I can't tell you the difference I find with um, like I've I've got this one agent I've been trying to get a hold of for about ten days now, and we're closing uh, on the purchase in in about ten days, and this agent is nowhere to be found, and I I can't tell you how difficult that is um, for for everybody involved. You know they're the ones holding the earnest money deposit. We need that receipt, um, and no one can get a hold of them. They're not on vacation. They're just part time, so they're just here and there. And not that you can't be successful, but you have to build a team. And you have to understand the way they work, and you. Have have to be able and of course everyone sets their own you know boundaries and be respectful of that but you, you need to understand when they're gonna be able to communicate or not so we're in our last five minutes guys what would you tell someone who is saying and this is so important I am going to just rent for now until the market crashes Ooh, I'm gonna shut up and let you guys talk <laughs> well you know I've heard people say that who are 65 years old now and say, oh, I missed it. It's too late now. I'm going to be, you know, I've, I've missed it in life. And 
it's just it's the saddest thing because there is a billion opportunities and there will be a billion opportunities but you're waiting for something that'll never happen because you know it's a supply demand thing i think and it's unique because you know you want to sell a stock you go ahead but you sell a house you got to live in a house somewhere you have to take up inventory somewhere so real estate is not i don't see a crash there's adjustments but um you know time is your biggest asset so don't waste time i agree and that maybe i wouldn't say naysayer but someone that might say that maybe the underlying reason is maybe they're not 100 percent ready just yet but the old adage of real estate is that it's going to go up and down all the way up right we're going to have those ups and downs but it's going to trend up into the right on the long arc and it, it's just it's one of those don't wait to buy real estate buy real estate and wait you just have to hold on to these things and if you tell me, doesn't a hundred dollars right now doesn't it feel like a twenty dollar bill? And we're going to be saying in twelve years from now, we're going to be saying five hundred feels like a hundred, right? And that is just overall inflation of dollar bills, and that's why buying a asset that you also get great value out of because that's where you can make your roots and your home. So I think it's not time in the market; it's time in the market, right? So. Uh, don't don't let the naysayers get to you. Just just hop in when you are ready. And Jasmine, what would yours be? Mine would be buy when you're ready. Don't don't live this Instagram life. Get yourself into a position where you can build for yourself. But don't do it before you've felt you felt it. That's why I love the practice payment. That's why I love um, looking at the long term strategy because you really have to you really have to feel comfortable. You can't do it because your cousin did it. You can't do it because everyone's telling you to do it. You need to do it because you're ready for it. It's a huge responsibility. It is typically hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're borrowing. So you need to be prepared not only to repay, but also to keep up with the property. And you have to be ready for that full next level, next step in adulting. There's no just heading off to Tahiti. You know, you really got to be ready to set some roots down. Now we're in the last minute. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. We This is the first time I've hijacked a show. So I don't know if they're just going to hang up on us. So I'm just going to remind you guys, you have been listening with uh, Maritime Mortgage Corp. We are a local mortgage broker in the South Shore of Massachusetts. We're in Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Florida. Um, very selective states. We work and play where, you know, we work, we lend where we work and play, essentially. Um, and you've been listening to myself, Jasmine Glasgow, Colin Brennan, and George Post. Our website is Maritime Loan or Maritime Mortgage dot com. Um, and I know Michelle Faye was supposed to call in. She has a new beautiful listing. So you guys can um, you can go to bostonconnect.com and see all their amazing listings there. Um, and I hope you have a great week. Get out there and, and, and get some real estate in your portfolio. Figure out your retirement long term.